Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to Hacker Public Radio. Today we have a special. The Indiana Linux Fest is coming up in April the 13th to April the 15th in India, Indianapolis in the Wydam Indianapolis West Hotel. And here to talk us, to us about that is Milord Drakenbloth. How are you doing? Well, besides audio problems and latency issues on my internet, things are going pretty well. Okay, well, hopefully we're recording this on both sides. And hey, um, poor audio quality is the hallmark of HPR, at least my shows anyway. So let's uh, tell us a little bit about the Indianapolis Linux Fest. Well, Indianapolis Linux Fest, as you said, is coming up the 13th through the 15th. But this is uh, our second year. And last year we had about 250 attendees, and we're definitely looking to take it farther than that. Um, One of the things that we're trying to make unique about Indiana Linux Fest is, instead of being strictly a Linux conference, we're trying to make it a bridge between Linux, well, open source in general, because we're going to have some free BSD talks this year, as we did last year. But we're trying to make it a bridge between open source, creative commons, open hardware, and the security communities, and, well, just anything else we find interesting. Yeah, I've seen the um, I seen a lot of tracks actually on the uh, website. Can you um, tell us first of all whereabouts is it going to be held? Well, it's going to be at the Wyndham Indianapolis West again this year, which is near um, the airport in Indianapolis, Indianapolis International Airport, airport I should say. Okay, and. Uh, for people who, like me, have a very poor sense of uh, geography, whereabouts is Indianapolis? Indianapolis is the capital city of Indiana, and it's kind of smack dab in the middle of the state. Okay, and so what's your kind of hinterland there? People from Ohio coming over, St. Louis, or would that be uh, would that be too far? Chicago seems drivable. We definitely had people from Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky... Illinois, I think we even had some people from Tennessee as far as um, speakers. I do know we had at least one person, or actually three people from New York come to mind. We had uh, Klaatu, The Last Known God, and Bradley Kuhn last year showing up. That's fantastic. And uh, can you tell us a little bit of history about the fest, when it started, uh, why it started, and who started it, please? Well, it's the first show was last year in March, but kind of have to go back about a year before that. And it started because, um, just as a lot of open source projects, it is to scratch your own itch. And I'd seen that there had been a group who tried for three, four years to start a Linux Fest in Indiana after the end of IU Linux Fest, but they never really had any success getting it off the ground, and I just decided I was going to make it happen. So this is a one-man show with you being at the lead, is that correct? No, actually, Indiana Linux Fest at this point is um, put on by the Indiana Falls Society, which I'm the president of. And last year we had a gentleman named Michael Soltheis, as the treasurer and secretary, and he is still with us. And also, we had 
Mark Krenz, also known as Delta Ray to the HBR audience, as the vice president, but he stepped down last year. Okay, very good. Um, to be honest with you, looking at the website and looking at the amount of attendees, it looks like th- you know this has been on for several years. Um, I'm very surprised that it's only been running for two years. That was actually one of the biggest compliments we got out of Klaatu was, you know, last year was our first year, and on the reviews he did either on HPR or on his own show, the biggest thing he commented on was the fact that it just did not feel like a first-year conference. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, if I look here on uh, Friday, um, March the 25th, we have um, several tracks. First one is the multimedia production on Linux track. This well, is a pro track. Then Jen, there's LPIC1 exam, security and FOSS. Jen, I need to point out that that's last year's schedule. We should have this year's schedule going up within the next few days. We're finalizing and ironing it out. So people can at least now, at this point, still see last year's schedule so they can see what we managed to pull off last year. It's actually looking fantastic. I like the presentation as well. It's very clear. Uh, I really hope that you continue to do this uh, this year with the um, highlighting of it. And I see a QR code for with uh, with um, the Open Schedule app. Indeed. We will be making use of the Open Schedule app again this year. That was a great piece of work by Daniel Frey over at the Linux Link Tech Show and Myth TV Cast. He is, in fact, a backbone of the community, it has to be said. Um, can you give us an idea of what uh, sort of tracks you're going to have this year? Well, for Friday, some of the stuff's going to be coming back. We will have a return of the LPIC exam cram class. But the interesting thing about this year is we'll be having Ross Brunson, who is the writer of the LPIC exam cram books, teaching that class this year for us. Oh, very nice, very nice. We also should be having a um, talk by Drew Levine of the FreeBSD community of FreeBSD for Linux people. Pardon me, I'm trying to frantically open up the uh, spreadsheet that has the listing of all the sessions for Friday that were accepted and so I can get it up and talk a little more fluently. While you're doing that, can you uh, just give us some background about how easy it would be to, um, you know, when should people travel over there? Um, is it um, usual for people to come by air or will they drive? Do you have parking available and that sort of thing? Parking is definitely not an issue at the hotel. If you want to fly in, the hotel runs uh, a shuttle from Indiana- Indianapolis International to the hotel for free and driving is not a problem. Indianapolis is very friendly towards driving and this year unlike last year, all the construction that was happening around the hotel has been completed. Oh, that's very good to hear. And uh, do you have a special rate at the hotel at all? Indeed. This year we managed to negotiate a slightly better rate than last year. Last year it was $109.99 a night. This year it's $99.99 a night. Okay, super. Did you um, can you tell me what the um, hallway track is like at the hotel? Do you, you know, is there 
what sort of a feel is there for um, the fest? Is it corporate sponsored? Is there is it more um, things going on in the in the halls? Is it, is there a community feel to the fest? We definitely try to aim for a community feel, and I think that's exactly what we managed last year. When even the uh, sponsors were, we are corporately sponsored by you know different uh, groups as we were last year, but they were all exceedingly you know community friendly. So much so that at least a few of the people from different sessions showed up to the uh, after party Saturday night. That's very good to hear. All right, and some of the cl- ones we're looking at potentially for Friday is uh, a session on Puppet, which is a uh, configuration utility for servers, basically, as I understand it. A Python for Linux sysadmin class, which that will be a professional level class. That will. This is one of the few paid ones we'll have for $150 US. BSD for Linux users, which is going to be a free pro track we have. As I said, the LPIC exam cram class, which is a our one of our other paid classes for $150. And then an undecided track by Klaatu is the last one we have. Oh, very good. And are those pro tracks on the Friday? Indeed they are. Oh, and another pro track so, we should have is professional Drupal development put on by a gentleman named Doug Van. Fantastic. That would be... Um, so you're kind of aiming at the um, sysadmin people who will be able to um, expense, uh, I guess, a trip over to this fest on the basis that, hey, there's LPI certifications and you can stay the night in the hotel and that sort of thing. Indeed, but we're also aiming for, in my case, of something of interest, college students who are interested in getting their LPIC. My personal example, I'm a uh, college student right now, and, you know, just professionally, I'd like to have the LPIC at least one under my belt. Yeah, I've said it before, and I'll say it again here on the network, that the LPIC is really uh, well respected in the um, in the industry. It's uh, that and the Red Hat certifications, and and some people like the independence that the LPIC gives you over something specific like uh, Red Hat. And can you tell me how much the um, the classes are going to cost? Um, well, we charge individually per class, and it's one hundred and fifty dollars US. So instead of paying a bulk fee to sit through any of the classes it's $150 for the class you're interested in that seems like very good value for for a chance of certification uh, at least training and uh, how much is it to do the uh, exam then we will have most of the exams back again this year for 99 the only one that runs higher than that is the uh, virtualization one they have Okay, but you're getting quite specific at that point. But seriously, for, you know, save up for a few coffees every week uh, between now and the fest, and you're going to have enough uh, funds there to be able to get yourself on Linux certification. So uh, I'm really glad to see that the LPI are coming to a lot of the fests this year. I'm definitely glad to have them returning, and not only returning, but sending, you know, Ross Brunson down to give that uh, class for us. 
It's. I heard uh, you mentioned something uh, about there being books available or something like that. For the LPIC exam cram uh, sessions, part of what the fee includes is not only a supporter pass. So if you show up Friday, um, we're going to try to improve it this year to where if you get one of the professional classes on Friday, you'll get a meal. Saturday, you'll get a uh, meal as well for lunch. And the LPIC gives you a supporter pass, which is a t-shirt, and it also gives you the LPIC exam cram book. Wow, very good. And I mean to say, even if you're new to Linux um, and you get a chance to go in and do the do the training, you know, if you can scrape the money together, I know times are hard and all to do the uh, ninety nine euros or ninety nine dollars for an exam. It's really worth it. Just even if you know you're going to fail, it's worth it to get the experience of what it's going to be like, so that the next time when you are prepared, you can go in and uh, you know you're not going to be phased by the newness of the whole thing. Yeah, and one other thing that's we're going to have Friday evening is kind of butts in with one of the things we'll have available Saturday is. We're going, one of the sessions we'll have Saturday is a Python workshop for women, and Friday night they'll be doing the setup for Saturday for them. Did you say Python workshop for women? Indeed I did. Okay, why are you being so specific? Part of the point of the Python workshop for women is to try to help bridge, you know, try to help draw in more female people into open source community and part of what the Python workshop for women it targets females but men can come with one caveat they have to bring a female escort with them <laughs> I like that I like that very much um, yeah just at, at the introduction you, you spoke about that this is more than a Linux fest it's an open source fest it's a creative commons um, and uh, you know kind of open culture i guess and i and i see that you're going to have bsd there um what else are you doing especially on the hardware side to uh you know to live up to that sort of uh tagline well what the thing that we were as far as i know last year the first conference to do it we will be having the return of the hackerspace village now that is an idea i actually got from the hackers on planet earth conference that's you're sharing the code, dude. You're sharing the code. Yep, and not only that, but you know we're, you know. And the, did people seem to enjoy that? It seemed to go over really well. I mean, we had a lot of people, you know, bopping in and out of that. That was kind of a just open air format where people could come in, check things out. I'm pretty sure I saw at least a few people learning to solder for the first time, and it was you know just really fun. You know, beware the old expression of uh, beware the programmer with a soldering iron. I think really the thing that uh, first-time solderers should be aware of, there's two types of people when it comes to soldering. Those who've burned themselves and those who have yet to burn themselves. But that's not said to discourage you. It's a word of warning. And you will have a lot of fun with anything you make. I must say my... uh... I have to agree with you. Yes, I'm. Uh, I fall into both of those categories. I have burned myself, and I no doubt will burn myself. I am more a uh, from a mechanical engineering side, where uh, 
I approach soldering like it's welding. So uh, it seems to be a lot too much too much flux for me. Yeah, I definitely have spent my years learning how to solder. One of the uh, worst things I've ever had to solder was something like a 120-pin uh, package. And when you're getting down to that size, you're using a pair of stereo binocular microscopes, and you're really just re-blowing things to make sure you've got a good connection. Oh, painful, painful. I, I'm actually looking here at the speaker list from last year, and, you know, it is it goes on and on and on and on, and a lot of names that are... You know, well known uh, Bradley Coon and and so forth, and even like uh, luminaries from the uh, open source world, like um, Verbal and Plateau. And uh, how how did you get so many people to turn up for a first time fest? Um, it was a lot of word of mouth, just hitting up every single. Uh, possibility I could to talk about it and spread the word and I was more surprised by some of the speakers who showed up who were just kind of out of left field Uh, let me see if I can find the gentleman's name there was a lawyer who randomly submitted a talk who was just really interesting gentleman it's obvious that there was a need in the community for um, for a fest like this so um well done for stepping up and uh, taking on the taking on the mantle of of this. Definitely, and one of the other ones. Now we're not doing it this year, but last year we had uh, some sessions on Friday, and well, it went over all right. We didn't get the kind of turnout we were hoping for at this point, so at least for this year we're uh, dropping it. But the, one of the talks I was really kind of proud of was a kid named AJ who this was Indiana Linux Fest was the first conference he was able to go to and he was 15 years old and we put him on the speaker track for Friday wow that's fantastic I mean something like that uh, you know gives you a lot of confidence going forward definitely and you know I'm hoping he's able to come back again this year but I'm just not sure about that yeah is the um, time window still open for submitting papers, or has that been closed already? We have um, officially closed them, but I would say if some people were interested in trying to sneak a talk in, I wouldn't fully discourage it because you never know if people won't quite be able to make it. Last year, in fact, we had something like three or four speakers drop out on us, the day of or the day before and we you know luckily had enough extra talks in the queue or in cases like Klaatu for Jordan Keys of This Week in Linux willing to fill in at the last moment for us. Uh, whatever about uh, anybody else I'm sure I would have no problem listening to Klaatu waffle on on any subject for a while. I see you had uh, Sporus actually on there as well last year another uh, podcaster here on the HPR network. Indeed, it was uh, Sporus and I'm from, uh, the gentleman who was giving the talk with him was also Church, but he ended up becoming a member of Infonomicon Computer Club, and he ended up being dubbed uh, the Digital Deacon at ILF. Oh, that's sweet. That is, uh, for people who don't know, Infonomicon Computer 
computer club is one of the parents of Hacker Public Radio. So go back to um, to the history of HPR. Um, um, Actually, so on the history of HPR... What happens one? on Friday night? Do you have anything planned? Um, I want to go on the history of HPR real quick. There is one thing that everyone tends to overlook or forget. The one group who... Or there's one more group who should be credited with HPR, and it's um, Radio Freak America. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, and I was associated with that show. Um, dual parallel racks and winter mute, and I believe it was at the, towards the end of RFA's run when they talked about starting Hacker Public Radio. So they at least were the ones who came up with the name. Seriously, I have to go back and listen to some of those shows. Actually, it's somewhere in like the last ten to fifteen episodes. I haven't done my uh, yearly RFA run yet. All right, when you do, keep an notepad handy. Um, and you were asking about Friday night. One um, Friday night, we will have a um, bar available to people. Um, you know, at this point, just because of you know financial reasons, we don't have enough to say, you know, offer free drink tickets or anything yet at this point. So it's going to be a cash bar Friday night. And uh, what's the turn up for that? Is it pretty good? Um, Friday night, I think there was only a dozen or two dozen people there, but for a dozen or two dozen people out of maybe a hundred people for Friday, I thought that was actually pretty nice. It was a pretty laid-back uh, atmosphere at that point. Um, I guess uh, people underage people aren't allowed into that. Actually, quite to the contrary. People of all ages were allowed. They just were carting at the bar. Um, because it's a private event and it wasn't happening in the bar, we just happened to have a bar anyone could come. Oh, that's fantastic news for everybody. Um, even people who don't partake in the consumption of alcohol. It's um, one of the nicest things, actually, is the evening of a show having a few... You know, socializing with people, bumping into people, and chatting with people—it's a—it's a great way to put faces on people, and uh, you know, get to know the nice side of the community. Definitely, and that was Friday, probably the first time I slowed down since Thursday evening. I can seriously imagine, um, and it goes on uh, Saturday as well, does it? Indeed it does. Saturday is the main expo, in fact. We're, this year we're going to have four simultaneous tracks as well as uh, some side venues going on. And then you it goes on into the Sunday as well. Uh, what do you have planned on Sunday? Sunday will be mostly just the testing at this point. It'll be the LPIC and the BSDA certification tests. So I guess if somebody can make it down for one day, that will be Saturday. I imagine. Definitely, Saturday will be one of will be the day you want to be there. And if you're interested in testing, you know, staying overnight till Sunday is not so bad. I think. Not at all, especially. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know if people are aware of that if you're targeting students, but if you are a professional. Um, you can go to your HR department uh, or your IT manager and say, look, 
professionally I need to go to this conference it's on um, there's some paid tracks that I need to pay for and they'll more than happy uh, play for the accommodation in most cases because it's uh, part of you know their yearly uh, employee skills thing so always uh, now would be a good time to try putting in the paperwork for that and in case because we had at least two people that I recall from the Indiana government of some nature, if you need some special accommodations for being able to make uh, arrangement for payments, by all means, contact us from the form on the website and we will make those arrangements for you. I know some places aren't so friendly about paying via PayPal for expenses. Okay, that's very, very good to hear. Um, Listen, tell me, do you... Um, forgot the question. <laughs> I definitely understand that feeling. Yes, I remember the question. Do you have? Um, <laughs> it's late here. I'm sorry. I've had three kids all day. Um, do you have um, provisions for people in wheelchairs uh, with low vis- um, with um, other handicaps? We definitely do our best in all that. Last year, um, uh, Russ's girlfriend, I want to say, or maybe wife, I'm not exactly sure of that dynamic, but Russ from Linux in the Ham Shack, his significant other, Cheryl, came to the show with Russ, and to my knowledge, she had no problems getting anywhere other than I forgot to show her how to get into the bar area for the festivities Friday and Saturday night. Okay, I'm sure you'll rectify that this year, yeah? Definitely, and considering at least one speaker we're having this year, I will be doing my best to, you know, make uh, provisions for that. You know, it just may be a matter of we don't have her on stage, but just kind of shift the focus from stage down to the floor for her. So, that's how all that stands at this point. Now, the one other thing we will be having, and this comes out of the Python Workshop for Women group, is we will actually have some uh, availability for childcare on Saturday. Okay, um, can you tell us, are you going to be recording um, any of the shows in video or audio? We did record uh, audio and video from last year. We just, a little worse than self, uh, we haven't released those yet, but we're working on a way to record the speaker and their slides into one package this year. Okay, which is uh, very handy, uh, and I'm saying to all the all the people I'm interviewing about the fest, if you can get the um, show notes, the presentation as well, that way we can um, make the audio um, available here on HPR, and we can read out then the presentation without having to. Uh, uh, we can read out the slides without having to try and decipher from a projector on a video image. Actually, we're going to do uh, what we're working on is one better than recording a projector. We're going to be, we've got someone working right now on playing with Webcam Studio to record the desktop and a webcam and audio source. 
So we'll be doing a desktop capture to capture the slides while using a webcam to capture the video of the speaker and probably a uh, low-end shotgun mic to record their audio. Okay, very, very good. Still, it's no harm to have the presentation because um, when you're translating it for audio, it's uh, we, we cut in the slide, a description of what's on the slide into the audio stream. For our uh, hard of hearing listeners or people who are operating machines at the same time. We will definitely be doing our best to get copies of all that. And one thing it says on the speaker submission form is we ask permission to release these under uh, CC by SA. And I believe we did add the uh, NC flag as well. Okay. Uh, we're CC by uh, SA over here. So. Um, NC is fine. We can uh, release shows on under separate licenses as well. Okay, very good. Um, I think I've covered all my questions. Is there anything do you, do you think I've missed? Um, nothing that pops off to the top of my head. One thing I would like to tell people is, if nothing else, be sure to check out Linux Format Mag or Linux Pro Magazine for February and March. We've actually got a full color ad on the inside back page this year oh fantastic well done and I don't know if um, because well, of the audio it. problems uh, I want to thank you very because of the audio problems a minute ago I'm not sure if it got caught but one other thing we'll be having is actually some on-site childcare that's going to be run by the Python workshop for women okay that's uh, very good um, so that just leaves me to say thank you very much, uh, Lordy, for taking the time out to talk about the Indiana Linux Fest. And again, it's on April the 13th to the 15th, 2012 in Indian, uh, the Wydam Indiana, uh, Indiana West Hotel. And definitely, Ken, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure, and folks, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. And to just give credit to Dual Parallel, be the media, don't consume the media. That brings me back, dude, that brings me back. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binref.com. All Binref projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.